What's up fellow humans, Colin here for another video. Oh my gosh, what is going on in 2020? You know, it's like every few days, I listen to a couple political commentary videos on YouTube, a couple people I follow. Maybe one will pop up in my feed and I'll go down that rabbit hole. And then I'm like, man, what's the point of this? What am I doing? It's a waste of my time. And then I stop and then I like focus on myself and my stuff and whatever. And then like a few days go by and I forget the pain of going into that political rabbit hole and then I do it again. I'm toying with the idea of going full-blown political and covering these topics myself. I don't know if that's really good for my mental sanity, so we'll have to really think about that one. We'll have to really think about that one. But aside from the political aspect of everything, freedom and the values that America were founded on are at threat. They are very precarious right now. And one way or the other, no matter what happens in this election in 2020, I think we're going to be in for some rude awakenings in the next few years. I think there's some really trying times ahead. And I've already prepared my family so that we can leave the country if we need to. I hope I don't have to exercise that option, but I do have that option. And if you don't have that option, or if you think you don't have that option, at least get your passport, buy a little bit of gold and silver, maybe a little bit of Bitcoin, and eyeball a few countries that maybe you could go. Maybe you go where the dollar goes a long way. Maybe go to the Philippines for a while and live on a beach. Maybe you go down to South America because it's a short flight. You can always hop back into the country if you have to. So today I want to talk about democracy. America is actually, you know, supposed to be a republic. You could call it a constitutional republic. And I'm so fuzzy in how democracy kind of took hold or if there was some big transition or if there was like elements of democracy into the republic. Like, I guess with the republic, you're supposed to vote for the representatives and the representatives are supposed to like elect people and write laws and things like that. And so, you know, my understanding is it was modeled very heavily after Rome when you had the Senate and the senators that would basically call most of the shots. I don't know if they were elected or if it was based on landholders or whatever. The founding fathers were trying to learn from Rome because Rome for a long time had their political stuff figured out. They became the, the most powerful empire in the world as a result. And as it goes with all empires, though, they declined because new generations come in and that new generation doesn't have the same experience, knowledge, and actual remembering of what the founding fathers did or the generations that came before them. And so you have the inevitable decline and eventual collapse. People think it can't happen in America. They just put their head down and like, oh, we're the best country. We have this American hubris. We're better than everyone, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. People have no idea. They really don't. Millions and millions and millions of Americans have no idea. They're in for a rude awakening. And that's why I'm trying to help people at least prepare, be it more of a global citizen. And, you know, at least you could get out if it becomes 1984 up in here in Brave New World. In fact, did you know that 1984 and Brave New World were two of the most banned and contested books in history? Hmm. Interesting. Do governments maybe not want you to think for yourself or do they maybe not want you to be aware of what can happen through government? Because all government is, is a bunch of people that have power that call shots and there's all these conflicting ideas and narratives and really agendas and incentives. That's really what it is. It's like you have people that want to get elected. They want to maintain their salary. They don't want to rock the boat. So they just go along, go along, go along. And then the next, and then when they retire, new people come and do the same thing. And you just get this further perpetuation of more control, uh, less rights, less freedoms, and a kind of selective exercising of freedom and constitution and rights based on whether it's political or not. The amount of people that have their rights violated on a daily basis in this country that you never hear about, that I never hear about, I mean, we can't even fathom it. It's a byproduct of a complex thing that involves individuals that have different perspectives and different worldviews and different training, you know, as we're seeing with like police and whatever, it's going to happen. And it's only those cases that get in the media that a bunch of people are paying attention to that, you know, the politicians swoop in and then pretend they care. There's a quote that prompted this piece. It's 
Emma Goldman, people have only as much liberty as they have the intelligence to want and the courage to take. And that's followed up with the problem with democracy and why Lenin said is democracy is indispensable to socialism. It basically means that democracy is a path to socialism. And I totally agree with that. I mean, look at what's going on. Now think about this. You only need 51% of a population to dictate what happens for the 100% of people. That's the fundamental problem with democracy because if enough bad ideas can take hold in like one extra percent of 50, <laughs> the whole society could crumble as a result of these bad ideas. And at this point, that's what we're seeing from the left, from the Democrats, from just the craziness of identity politics and all these different handouts and agendas and big daddy government taking care of people. I actually grew up thinking I was a Democrat. I didn't really know much about it. And I think, again, you know, 15 years ago, the Democratic Party then around Bill Clinton's time versus today is uh, <laughs> completely different. You know, it's like comparing apples to oranges. So I get that. But today, if I had to classify myself, though I don't like to, because I really think the middle, as Aristotle said, the golden means in the middle, I don't really believe far right or far left. I mean, actually, far right and far left are absolutely batshit crazy. I'll say that right now. Uh, the truth, though, is somewhere in the middle. And what I've been seeing, the trend of the left, of the Democrats, is to go more towards the far left to the point where they have no center. And as a result, it's kind of pulled a lot of the, you could call them conservatives, which I don't like that word either, pulls them more to the middle. And so I'm definitely closer to the middle on the conservative side. But a lot of my ideas around abortion and privacy and things like that, like, I believe they're probably a little bit more, they're definitely more on the, they're definitely more on the right side. I don't know. See, again, I'm so fuzzy on these things because I didn't really pay attention growing up. I still don't really want to pay attention. But having kids and living in this country, being a taxpayer, landowner, homeowner, I feel like I need to know a little bit about what's going on. I mean, I'm spending my money and building my businesses and doing these things in a country that I am becoming more and more concerned about. And so all these things are the reason that Socrates hated democracy and why Plato said tyranny naturally arises out of democracy. It's interesting how that is, right? It's this idea that if a person can vote for somebody that promises to give them things and do things for them, they're always going to vote for that person. So what you get is you get people that are easily swayed by some politician coming up making big grand promises to so vote for him or her, and then nothing really happens. And then the next guy comes along or the girl comes along four years and does the same thing. And it's just like never ending cycle where you get a little bit more of this like giving and entitlement programs and things like that. And then before you know it, you have full-blown socialism and probably eventually fascism and communism. Of course, there's no actionable thing you can do today other than just being aware. I think your knowledge, your, your ability to question things, your ability to not fall victim to the bias that comes from just like watching news bites and pundits on TV and all the nonsense that is the modern media. I think that is your best line of defense against a better future, you know, for yourself, for your family, for your kids, et cetera. I will leave you with a quote by George Carlin to wrap this up. Think of how stupid the average person is and realize half of them are stupider than that. And then that is fundamentally the problem with democracy. Because at the end of the day, if more people do not stand up to the insanity that is going on, identity politics, the racial divide, the tribalism, all these things that are stoked in the name of change that are literally just perpetuating the problems. That's what's so funny to me about all this. It's funny, it's sad, it's pathetic, it's downright nefarious and evil, actually. But it's, they go out and they scream at you and call you names, call you racist and do these things and talk about all these inequalities when all they are doing is fanning the flame that keeps burning. It's gonna keep burning. And they're actually promoting more of this inequality. They're making it so that there is a clear line between us first them. These people don't want change for the better. They want power. They want to be heard, to be outraged, and to benefit from that in any way they can. And they've been 
brainwashed by the media, by a lot of these left-leaning politicians that are preying on identity politics. It's been going on since I would say the late 90s, early 2000s. It's just accelerated. If more people don't say enough's enough, if more people aren't willing to speak up, you know, whether you like Trump or not, where you find yourself a conservative or liberal or middle or whatever, if somebody says something stupid or has a bad idea or calls you racist with no proof, you should defend yourself and you should stick up and stand up. And you should just tell people that's stupid. I'm not gonna be shamed into saying something you want me to say. Don't label me and call me names based on not even knowing me. It's ignorant. You are ignorant by doing that. And what they'll try to do is they'll try to scream over you and they'll try to call you more names. And they'll try to say things like, say his name, say her name and other nonsense like that. Nobody wants people to die. Maybe like one in a million people are just like sociopathic or psychotic and they actually like enjoy people dying. Like, yeah, maybe. I just don't see those people being the ones that are out in the streets or that are arguing or bickering or debating. The way I see it is everybody kind of wants the same thing. They want equality. They want fairness. They want respect for their property, for their family. And they want the pursuit of happiness that's guaranteed in the Constitution. That's why they're here. And there's a lot of people that are here that are enjoying the privileges of being American and that are using it for their own personal agenda. And they don't care about any of those things. They don't care about the Constitution. I mean, the BLM movement is a self-described Marxist, outwardly Marxist movement, the founders are, that want to destroy America. Yet they're living here, enjoying it. I mean, what are they gonna do? They're gonna destroy it and build it themselves for make a better world? I've seen so much racism from that side I've seen anti-Semitism. I've seen racism against white people. I've even seen racism against black on black if one side is maybe a Trump supporter and the other side is the left. I would be very afraid if you had people like the leaders and the activists of the BLM movement came into power because I bet you, and I could be wrong, I could absolutely be wrong here, but I bet you we would see some of the most insane, bigoted, racist laws and things all in the name of equality to come out of that. Even if those things passed and went for a while and people kind of like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to stick our head down. Eventually it would cause civil war because people will get sick of it. And all you would do is you'd be creating this camp versus that camp. And it would be like every other revolution in history. So I know a little off topic here. The video is supposed to be literally five minutes on this one quote. And instead it's 15 I might talk about these ideas more. I, I mean, I kind of like talking about them. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know. If there's anything like this you like me to cover or other topics, that's great. But here's something I will leave you with. If you are a self-proclaimed or described or identified liberal or left-leaning or whatever you call yourself, like let's just say that you're not conservative at all and you literally don't like any of the conservative ideas. Like let's just say you're way on that left end of the spectrum. That doesn't mean that you can't agree with things I'm saying here. I mean, I would say that if you're a thinking individual human, and you just weren't born in America and you didn't grow up with the conditioning and programming you did, you were just like basically an alien human visiting and you were a blank slate, then I think you should be able to agree with almost everything I said. Then what we can do is find common ground and we can find things that we can agree on. When we can agree on things, we get closer to the center. That's almost always what happens. Aristotle called it the golden mean for a reason. All nature has it. Nature has an equilibrium, okay? Most things find a homeostatic balance where they're balancing opposing things. The amount of water you drink, the amount of food you eat, much sunlight you get, how much exercise, everything in nature tries to establish equilibrium. At least life does, I should say. But of course, there's also businesses, complex systems, rivers, climates. You can find generally things stabilize. And if there's a big storm or big diss or pressure drops or whatever, yeah, things get tumultuous for a while and then they return. Earth, if it wasn't in what is called the Goldilocks zone, where it was just close enough to the sun, but not too far away, Humans wouldn't be here. 
We wouldn't be able to argue about the amount of melanin in people's skin and talk about how things are so unfair. And on a final note, I will say, this phone right here is what I'm holding up if you're listening to this on the audio. This is the Library of Alexandria to the 10 millionth degree. If you can't find a way to build a life for yourself in America using this phone, you don't need to go to college. You don't need to go in debt. You don't need money. Literally use this phone and figure out a way to offer goods and services to the marketplace and then use that money to build something or buy the house you want or do what you want to do or travel or whatever and have absolute control of your destiny. If you can't do that, it's because you're not trying. That's, that's just what it comes down to, period. Like in the 80s, 70s, early 90s, I would even say before the iPhone was invented, I would agree that there was a major stifling of information and there was a lot of cultural things. There still are cultural things. Really, that's what I see. A lot of the things of poverty and race and lower income neighborhoods and things like that, these are generational issues of culture because you grow up in poverty, your parents are poor, they teach you how to be poor, you don't want to be poor, but you don't really know any other way. But today, kids just try to escape it by, I don't know, yelling on social media when they get old enough. They're not learning. They're playing games. They're looking at mindless content. They could be learning, educating, building, coding, doing things, video editing. This video I'm recording right now. You could come to me and say, let me edit five videos for you for free. If you like it, then you can pay me. I would be like, absolutely. Here's my Dropbox link. Here's the files. Edit it. Send it back to me. And guess what? This is what I would do. I don't care if you're a 12-year-old kid from the Bronx or in the ghetto, or in India. Give me those files. I'll watch them. Maybe I'll, offer some, maybe I'll offer some feedback or whatever, as long as you do the basic editing, which is just like snipping and cutting. And I still do it to this point. And this is a huge bottleneck for me because it's probably not the best use of my time. These videos, the basic editing and the dropping of things could probably be learned in one to two hours studying a few free videos on YouTube. And I could then pay somebody to do that service for me per video, maybe do a bundle at a time, that person could edit that video from anywhere in the world. They can deliver the files back to me. I don't got to tell them when to do it. I can offer feedback on how to do it. They get it done and then I pay them. What the hell is everyone talking about about there not being equality of opportunity? Because I don't have to see you. I work with people around the world through my business that I've never even seen their face or talked to them on the phone. It's been email. They could be anybody. There's no such thing as lack of opportunity. There's only lack of ingenuity. There's only lack of awareness. But again, that's on the individual. We can't make people be aware, especially as biased as people are. We can't force you to do the work. But you could go to a public library, even if you don't have a phone, and you can get on the internet for free. And there's also literally millions of books that you can take out and learn how to write, learn how to read, learn how to learn other languages, learn how to edit, learn science, learn engineering, anything. There's no such thing as lack of opportunity today. It was harder back then, like I said, before the internet, it was harder, but it was still there. If you can do something of value and you trade that to the marketplace, that thing of value, you do that thing for the value for the marketplace, you will get paid money and you will be your own boss and you will write your own destiny. And in America, it's the best place to do that. There are other countries you can do this and there's different varying degrees of laws and whatnot. But there's a lot of countries where that's really hard to do or, or there's not even really a market there. But even in those countries, if you can get internet access, you can go do it for an American company or business owner like myself and get paid as a remote contractor. <laughs> so that's going to be it for today's show. Let me know what you think about this. I think I'll call this the problem with democracy or something like that. Let me know what you think about this. And if there's anything else you'd like me to cover, also let me know and I'll see you in the next one.